Hi, my name is Jen Rulon, and you may know me as Coach Jen. After knocking out 15 Ironman triathlons, I am an everyday healthy human just like you. In this podcast, we will discuss how to metamorphosize into an everyday healthy human through healthy physical habits and mindsets, as well as authentic living. Let's transform together in this journey called life and become the best everyday healthy human ever. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Everyday Healthy Human Podcast. My name is Jen Rulon. I am your host, but you may know me as Coach Jen. So today I have a very special guest, Derek Johnson. Derek and I connected on a podcast platform to connect with guests and podcasters and all that stuff. And I literally saw I think he was like number three or four on my list. I saw his story and I knew immediately that I needed to get Derek on because I think he can change a lot of people's lives just based off of the many changes that you have uh, accomplished in your own life. So Derek, thank you so much for joining me and thank and welcome to the Everyday Healthy Human Podcast. Thank you for having me, Jen. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. And where are you at? I'm in Panama City, Panama, the country of Panama. We moved down here for about a year, so always wanted some time out of the States, just away, city life, island life, and then bounce back. So traveling is a cure for the soul. So I'm all about the travel life. <laughs> it is. Can you, can you share with our guest a two-minute elevator speech on who you are, and then we'll really dig deep on who you are? Yes, for sure. So once again, I'm a U.S. Army veteran, so I did 10 years in the U.S. Army. I followed my father's footsteps. I used it to pay for all certifications in college. I never wanted debt, so I was strategic about it. And my mother's German, so we lived in Germany when I was a child. So growing up, having two very strict parents was a cheat code for sports and success. So I just saw that second nature. So getting up early, exercising was the norm. On the flip side, massive success from the family standpoint, they didn't work on themselves personally. So inside of the beautiful house in Florida, there was a lot of violence, physical, mental, blah, blah. But I was the punching bag because I was the youngest, but they knew that I could handle it. And I realized that at the age of 11, that that was going to be a cheat code for me to help others. So I grew up quick living in that environment. So I would watch stories or in movies like Rocky, I would watch biographies, read audio biographies, just learn about people's lives that went through things worse. And it would humble me and let me know that my situation isn't anything compared to these people. So that's what really helped me learning worse stories and darker stories than mine. And then from there, I would just dive deeper into people's stories that overcame adversity. And then at age 11, I was listening to a ton of Les Brown and Tony Robbins tapes because I was like literally becoming my own therapist. (laughs) So fitness was my outlet. And then from there in school, getting bullied and all that, that made me stand up for myself with fitness, with martial arts. But deep down, I just always knew that I had to show up for others. So not having any more fear at home helped me in life in a tremendous way. So being the calm, the calm, quiet kid and teenager, I was always chosen as a group leader. And I noticed that people gravitated towards me. And then I thought, oh, I can see the pain in their eyes because I can relate to it. I've been there. And I just always knew that coaching, that path was going to be my destiny. So I went all out once I got out of the military to now I have two types of clients. One is strictly fitness nutrition And then the other side is strictly life coaching. So essentially we identify their patterns that are no longer serving them. 
so they can then thrive. So they're not just the rich entrepreneur that's out of shape or just have abs and they suck at their personal life or vice versa. We make sure that they're well-rounded so they can positively impact people. So I take my experience from that upbringing, from the military and from personal life, and I help others with that. So that way we can flip pain into fuel. I like that a lot. So an example is I'm mixed. So my father's African-American, my mother's German. So in sports, you would have to prove yourself because you're the pretty boy. So I didn't want to bust the kid's face, but I had to in middle school for them not to bust up my face, to be transparent. So I took the experience of martial arts. I didn't get into martial arts to bully people just to protect myself. But in sports, you had to prove yourself because you looked a certain way. And so once I had to do that a couple of times from there, I no longer had to be violent ever again because they're like, oh, this kid has no fear. We thought he was just gifted because he's mixed or because he lives in the nice neighborhood. And they're like, oh, he can actually protect himself. We respect him. So I saw that from a psychological standpoint and I was like, all right, I don't want to actually physically hurt him bad, but just enough so they don't jump me, don't jump him. So basically proving yourself to them, simply playing sports. So that was step one in that regard where it was like, okay, he has no fear. I respect him. So I want him on my team. And then the other kids that were bullied by the bully, I would stand up for them because I got bullied by that same bully. And then basically I just embarrassed him. So from a fitness standpoint, we're in the locker room. He had his shirt off and the bully was like six foot three and he was chunky. So what I did, I shook his chest in front of everyone because I knew that that would make him very vulnerable. And then everybody left. And then I pulled him aside afterwards. I'm like, you see how that felt? You did that to all 40 of us these past like three years. And then something shifted in him. I don't know what he's doing now, but either way, I stood up for everyone else. And those are key moments that just really helped because I just was used to it at home. So I was like, I'm not scared of anybody in school. So those are some very specific examples. Yeah. So outside of that, standing up for others. And then from there, just always being disciplined about fitness and seeing that people were watching. They're like, hey, this guy's not stopping because he has this upbringing or this and this is happening. Whatever currently is happening, he's not going to stop. So I always wanted to show people like, hey, you can continuously go and use something as your fuel. So that's one of the examples. Ooh, that's powerful. Because you not only protected yourself, you protected the 40 other underneath you by connecting with one. Yes, exactly. And so honestly, what it was is alcoholism runs in my family. So having your parents in your face for 17 years between like the hours of 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. made me not scared of bullies. And I was like, I don't want to be violent. But then I had just had to. And then they could see they're like, wow, this kid's not scared. And that's usually what happens. The bully is just the insecure kid, male or female, whoever it is. They're insecure and they're just projecting. They're projecting, projecting, projecting. But when they see that somebody's not phased or doesn't break eye contact, whatever the scenario is, and they're like, oh, shoot, I'm not used to seeing this. And then others see that as an example. They're like, wow. So everyone honestly looks for somebody to connect with. And there's a saying in the speaking industry of adults are like a baby with their umbilical cord hanging out, waiting for somebody to plug themselves into. Adults are like walking around with their umbilical cord hanging out, waiting for somebody to plug into. So essentially they're looking for guidance in the right way. Nobody wants to live a negative life, but they're looking for somebody that's going to help guide them. I'm not saying that I'm perfect or anything, but I would just be there for the ones that didn't really have anybody. So I always wanted to be that figure. But yeah, so the bullying from at home in school helped out in career. 100%. So the one of the questions that you at, you put down on on the, uh, the platform, it's like, 
why do you do what you do? And that to me is right there. That's one of the many probably reasons why you do what you do, because you were bullied yourself at home in school. And now you're making a change and a shift for everybody else that comes in contact with you. Exactly. So I like to focus on the positive ripple effect. So if this client, male or female, works on their mentality, their public speaking skills, their social anxiety, whatever it is, and they start to make progress, everyone they come in contact with will be positively affected. Because on the flip side, we've all been negatively infected by someone. So I just make sure that we flip that and realize that somebody's always watching. If Even if somebody doesn't really use social media for personal branding, somebody's always watching. The little kid that lives two houses down, whoever, somebody's always watching. And then I like to say, are you a walking billboard or a walking contradiction? It's very blunt, very straightforward, but I just like to be transparent and black and white. So I ask people, I'm like, imagine every night before you go to bed, you have to watch a video of yourself and what you did on a time lapse. Would you be proud or embarrassed of seeing that man or that woman? And it's very direct and straightforward, but I think that's one of the best ways to live because a lot of people in this day and age are wearing masks. They play this character online, this character in here, and then they just confuse people. But the people that show up authentically, it's rare and people can feel that. So I've always gravitated to authenticity. Yeah. I, uh, a friend of mine reached out to me yesterday and she's like, you know, I've known you for four years or whatever. And I see the difference that I, I shifted. I, I stopped drinking alcohol almost four years ago and it was that shift that I felt like I was being that robot, like of doing the, I am a 15 time Ironman triathlete, blah, blah, blah. But now I am being vulnerable. I'm being open because I took my mask off finally. And that is hard. That's difficult for a lot of people. 100% opening up about those things. It's uncomfortable at first. It's embarrassing. And then the best part about being transparent to whoever's listening is when you slowly peel back your layers, people get comfortable to peel back their layers to open up. And then you see that we all, to an extent, connect because the disconnect has happened these past few years because of media, because of this, the agendas, all the BS is being pushed. But when you have a real genuine conversation, hey, you grew up with alcoholic family. Nice. What did you do to help you on those nights? I worked out. What did you do? I prayed. Oh, interesting. Like all those real conversations, they're rare to have. But when you do have them, one person always needed it more than the other. So just doing more of that. Another thing is I would challenge people to make selfie videos about things they overcame growing up. It's very uncomfortable to a lot of people, but they'd be surprised that one message, all you need is that one message. Wow, I needed this. Or I just thought that Jen was gifted and she's always been running and was an athlete because she comes from athletic parents and whatever their preconceived notion is. So once they learn why you got into it, they're like, holy, that's why she's doing this. Exactly. (laughs) And the ironic thing is I hated running growing up. I was terrible at it, but then I got good at it. You know, that's what they always say, right? Uh, And, and it's interesting, the more conversations that I've had with a lot of my guests is that a lot of us have dealt with alcoholic parents or family or whatever that might be. And I've seen a lot of people just shift and stepping away from alcohol and it's just absolutely beautiful. So, um, the one question I thought you, I really liked that what you asked is why do you think people struggle mentally so much nowadays? It's information overload. 
So if they open up any social yeah. app, this guy's saying eat straight meat. This guy's saying go straight vegan. It's like extremism is just in your face. If you're not taking an ice bath and two cold showers and having 400 milligrams of caffeine, you're not doing like all this stuff is just blah, blah, blah. So they see it all the time. And then they're like, what do I do? Like, I don't want to be straight carnivore. I don't want to be straight this. <laughs> like everything is extreme nowadays where it confuses people, makes people scared because they're like, what is the right thing? Because Dr. Oz says this, the doctors say that. Then this guy says, you're going to die if you eat that. Then they're just like, I'm overwhelmed. So I'm just going to go back to drinking or going to McDonald's because at least I know what that does to me. (laughs) Yeah. So number one, I would just say information overload and not knowing what source to truly listen to or what source to utilize. So I challenge people to go back to the basics, their morning routine, looking at what they're consuming. Do they first open up their social media app and start scrolling because they have no control what the first thing is they're going to see. They might see a cute puppy video or they might see a sad dog video. And the first five minutes they woke up, their mind is either happy and excited or the complete opposite. So keeping it simple with what am I consuming in the first 10 minutes? Is it Coca-Cola or water? Is it social media or prayer or meditation? Is it going on a walk with nature or is it just scrolling? Like whatever it is, just being hyper aware what you're doing. Sounds very simple, but everything goes back to the basics because people's attention span is all over the place. If they can control who they give their attention to, they can slowly take their power back where a simple thing somebody could do is turn off notifications when they don't need it for that particular app where they're not focused on one thing. This email pops up from Papa John's Pizza and they, they open it and then express or whatever their favorite store is. Lululemon pops up, <laughs> Facebook comment, And then they forgot what they were focused on and they're always running in circles because they're chasing the notification rush. So just sticking with the basics. Yeah. And I think that's something that I started doing is I started putting my phone on airplane mode at night. Yes. And, and I figured if it was going to be emergency, I have that all set up with my family and that's, they can call me. That will be no problem. But I turn on that airplane mode and then I don't turn that on until I get my full thing of water. My coffee is made. Teeth is like teeth. My teeth are brushed because if I don't, I'll just lay there for 15 minutes in my thing in my phone and I'll scroll and I'll, it's a routine, you know? And, and so it's, it's learning how to break those habits, right? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's just all about whatever you decide to do in the morning. If you like the gym, awesome. If you hate the gym environment, go for a walk, whatever you like, do that in the morning which is going to make you proactive. That's all it is. Move the body, open up the mind. And then once you start working, speaking to people, getting on Zoom, whatever somebody does, they feel way more in control and grounded because they're proactive. Yes, fires pop up, things happen, but they're like, okay, I can handle this because I ran a mile earlier or I hit the waist, whatever they did, opposed to hitting snooze six times. And we've all been there. We're getting pulled in all directions. Seems like in that moment, we sleep in too much. Everybody's messaging us at the exact same time and everyone has a problem. We're just like, right? (laughs) can you guys just leave me alone? No, I get it. Like this morning I woke up and I knew I had a full day. I was like, I'm going out, getting my surf session in. Like I'm like, I'm trying to, you know, and I'm like, I have no phone. I have no nothing. It's me and the water and those, that, those waves. And it was beautiful. And it was, it grounded me. It gave me sense of that, like that, just that, ah, I can get through the day then because I got my workout in, you know, that's, it's very common. Yeah, exactly. Your mindset is incredible. Where do you think 
that has come from? Do you think it's coming from growing up? Do you think it's military? A little bit of both? I always love movies. So I would see myself as the main character that is in the tunnel or in the cave going through things. And I would just play these mental games in my head. I would literally just play stories. I'm like, all right, this is happening. So to be very transparent, it's 1 a.m. I need to go to sleep for school. Alcoholic parent is in the face screaming and yelling, blah, blah, blah. I knew how to shut it off where it didn't phase me anymore. And then I would wake up early, leave the house before they were <laughs> like, I was very strategic about everything I did. And I operated since a child on little to no sleep and it helped in the military, but it's just been that way since forever. So like four to five hours, I'm not saying for people to do that, but you adapt to your environment. So if you adapt to your environment and you can thrive in that, then that's one of the things. So I would say a good hack that I did growing up was just learning real life stories of people that went through worse, not to minimize or act like my thing doesn't exist or their current thing doesn't exist, but to see other stories because as humans, we're all selfish to an extent. Me, me, me. I don't want to wake up. Why me, God? Why this? Why that? Why that? And when sometimes we just have to tap out and look at a third world country or look at the person that's downtown that's missing a leg, like just seeing harsh reality, zooming out and saying, I'm blessed. I have a $1,500 phone in my pocket. I have good Wi-Fi. I have a car. I have this. And it's like, when we really zoom out, we're like, what are we really complaining about? Like, what is really happening? Because we're not in Syria getting bombed every single day. So I go to the extreme to then calm down. And another thing I challenge people to do is to learn their family tree on both sides, no matter how they feel about family. Because if people can learn the hell that dad's side or mother's mom's side went through, you can learn those stories. And you're like, hey, they went through these things and I'm able to live and be alive right now, they endured this. So an example is my mother's German. So my Oma in Germany, she was hiding in the attic during the Holocaust. And my dad is from Starkville, Mississippi in the country. And we all know being African-American in Mississippi, one of the worst days. To, so he has tons of stories and my great, great grandpa have those dark stories. So in a moment where I'm stressed about something that is real, I breathe, I might say a prayer, and then I zoom out, and then I envision my Oma, and then I envision my great-great-grandpa, and then I go back to my current self. And I'm like, okay, this isn't anything right now, so like I can handle this. And I'm not saying that works for everyone, but it can really give you a perspective shift to pop out of yourself and say, what did they really go through? Like, yes, I understand the relationship might suck, but why did they become that way? And then the current situation could seem like less or it gives them clarity to say, you know what, I can figure this out. So I just always like to do a thing I call perspective hopping. If you can hop in and out of your perspective instead of just being in the, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, something that I've learned on my healing journey is really digging deep on trying to get in the mind of maybe my dad or my grandparents or my mom. My mom's still around. My dad has passed, but my dad was the alcoholic. And I think about like him and his his life and and sort of looking at that perspective on how does he, how did he see himself? And I think about this now. It's like I've I've forgiven him because yes. in my mind, I thought I I couldn't I had daddy issues and you know I couldn't get his validation. But in reality, the dude was wor working on his own stuff, you know, like yes. trying to figure out who he was. Right. And, exactly. and that, and when you realize that about your parents or your friends or even, you know, people beyond, uh, you know, grandparents, like you sit there and you're like, whoa, like 
this, you know, like you said, this $1,500 phone where my dad was trying to figure out where I'm getting my next meal to eat. Exactly. For sure. So being able to tap out on that perspective, whether it's family, a movie, a book somebody's reading, even if it's sci-fi, even if it's not even real, just everybody is drawn to the comeback story of the protagonist and antagonist. It's the only reason we get a rush watching a movie. So looking at your life, somebody in your circle, your family or friends has a movie of a life where they went through hell and back. And you're like, how are you still here? And you're positive and you help people like, why? You should be the one that should be violent. <laughs> like, while these other people are doing this. So it's always interesting to learn other people's stories and then it humbles you and then shows you. Um, one of the, during all those times, uh, whether it was childhood or even stuff you see in the military, is that one of my favorite quotes that always stood out was from Tony Robbins. And he always said that life is happening for you, not to you. Life is happening for you, not to you. So when you're in this moment of the suck, you're like, no, this is happening to me. We're all emotional, the reaction, but sometimes we just calm down and then we see, hey, this is actually molding us. You are a sword getting crafted, getting burnt and all this. So whatever analogy somebody wants to use, but it can really help. 100%. You said something about a book. Is there a book that you would say, I don't know why this came to my head. Is there a book that you would suggest for somebody that is starting their own journey to becoming better? Yes, 100%. I actually hold my microphone up by it. It's Outwitting the Devil by Ooh, Napoleon Hill. I'm Napoleon Hill. Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. So essentially what it is, is the style of the writing is like he's doing an interview with the devil himself. And he's asking people, how do you manipulate and control mass society? And so we grow up thinking of this dark figure and blood and gore and violence and all this. But if they read that, what the devil is saying is, why should I waste energy trying to attack Jen and Derek? They are disciplined. That takes me a lot of energy. There's thousands and millions of people over here who I just got to whisper in their ear, take one more sip, order one more Uber Eats sandwich, like whatever it is. And it's easy. He's like, I can control these people with less effort. So that's, I don't want to give the whole book away, but it's that kind of mentality. It's super interesting. And if people don't like physical books, the audiobook is interesting because the devil's voice is really dark. It's, it's really interesting. It's like a podcast. They go back and forth. But the whole intent is there is a word in the book called drifters. And that is the quote unquote zombies of society and the people that just go with the flow and they're just blowing all over the place. Everybody's had a friend who should be a lawyer, a doctor, a pro athlete on stage. Like we all have a friend that's super talented and they kind of just, oh, you know, I'm going to get back to it. You know, still doing the same thing, different, oh, you know little basic statement and you're like, oh my God, I love you, but I can't be around you anymore. So right? that is a drifter. Maybe a drifter. Yes. So maybe the current listener is a drifter or was in the past, but if they read this book, it really gives them that perspective shift. So going back to what I mentioned earlier, I've always been drawn to those kind of things where you tap out and you hear these stories and you see things in a different light where you're like, bing, 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 <laughs> the light bulb goes off and things start to make sense. So I highly recommend that. That's my favorite book of all Thank time. Thank you. I mean, I'm going to have to audio. So I don't have many books down here because I don't want to lug them around. So I do audio, Audible a lot. And I love when you hear the different voices. And and uh, right now I'm, 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 I'm tapping out on my hammock on the weekends with Harry Potter. Awesome. And it's Sometimes amazing. you got to have the creativity. It's <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, and I think about her and her inspiration and how she 
you know, she didn't have, I mean, she didn't have heat. So she had to go to the coffee sh- shop in, in Scotland to write those books. And that, you know, never thought in a million years that she would be, you know, a multi-million, you know, like having this crazy amount of, I just love her story. Anyways, uh, real quick, what steps, I like this other question. You had some really good questions. What steps should someone take to control their own situation? Perfect. Great question. I have a thing I call the 10 minute rule or the 10 minute window. So if you have a negative feeling, let's create a scenario. The micromanaging manager at work or the client or whoever, everybody's had a micromanager in a moment, (laughs) whether it was a professor, you had them for a moment. So what is your reaction? Are you going to let them ruin your day and you'd be pissed off for six hours? So what I say is you have 10 minutes. You can go to your car and scream. You can hold a pillow to your face and just yell the F word, like whatever you want to yell. Uh, You can do whatever. You can breathe. You can meditate, like whatever you need to do. But you have 10 minutes. So what I talk to my friends and my clients about is if I see that they're in a certain state, I just ask them calmly, how long do you want to feel this way? And when you're in it, you're like one hour, two minutes. Like you don't really know how to answer. Like, well, no, I'm going to give myself two minutes. But the 10 minute window helps people get grounded. So I think of a wave. Whoever's more calm and confident can come back down when they need to or build themselves back up. So being a smooth wave rather than being that person that is like on a roller coaster, they're way too excited or they're way too low. For some people, there's no medium ground, but the best leaders, men and women, they're very confident, but they're calm. They have everything under control. So with the 10 minute rule is here's an example. They could go outside, they could meditate, they could pray, they could go for a walk, they can put their head in a in a pool in the ocean, take their shoes and sand off, excuse me, take their shoes and socks off and get into the sand, do some grounding. Grass. Yep. Yes, exactly. So anything that's going to bring them into the present moment so they can tap out of what's happening, maybe play their favorite song, but they have 10 minutes to get back into the zone and then go back about their day. So whatever they need to do then, but all they're doing is giving themselves a time limit. How long will I allow myself to be this way? Because some people carry that for two days or two weeks and then nobody wants to be around them and they wonder why. (laughs) <laughs> so that's the 10 minute rule. I love that. I, uh, in 2020, I started doing the, before everything shut down, I had a program and it was a woman's program and I had 10 women in this program and I would do one-on-one calls with them and they would start complaining about, you know, what's going on and all, COVID and all that stuff. I go, I have five minutes. I go, you're wasting five minutes. I go, we've already talked about this for five minutes in your 30 minute session. So you could choose, I could, you could choose to sit there and complain for the next 25 minutes, or we can start moving forward and trying to think forward thinking and getting into that growth mindset versus that, you know, just getting into that and then that repetitions. And so a lot of them shifted quickly when they would get on, they would start talking and they would start being like, ah, and I'm like, your call, it's your call. You want to sit there and, and bitch, do it. But exactly. that's, this is your time, you know? And so then they started recognizing that like, oh yeah, this no longer serves me. So yeah, that's I awesome. like that. I like that 10 minute rule. Where can my listeners find you, Derek? So they can find me on Instagram. That's my favorite app is fit with Derek Two. the number two fit with Derek Two. And besides that, uh, my coaching website is fit with That's where they'll see hundreds of clients, um, body transformations for fitness or just mental. I like to show real people, real results. 
So I have a ton of videos on there. So I believe the authenticity, they can see the person talk about their experience with their work, with their body, whatever it was. So I've just always been transparent because as you know how it is, social media is very fake. So I always say real people with real results, they look the same as as the picture. They look the same in the video. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. And then what is one final thought that you can give my listeners about how to start their own transformation and be and turn into their own beautiful butterfly. So what can you make in your routine that is non-negotiable? What can you make in your routine that is non-negotiable? Something simple is the same wake up time, seven days a week, even on a Saturday, even on a Sunday. It doesn't mean we have to grind 24 seven, but what it does, it keeps you in way more control of everything because your internal clock no matter where you are in the world is just calm and it's the same. So you can always get things done and you feel more proactive. Sounds very simple, but most people, they wake up at a different time every single day, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 7 a.m., 6 a.m. And then all week they're just like, I need to drink Saturday. Holy shit. <laughs> like there's, <laughs> but the people that just are consistent with their routine, they're more calm, they're confident, and they realize that they can get way more done faster. So what in your routine can you do that is non-negotiable? which means it doesn't matter if you slept three hours or eight hours. It doesn't matter if it's Saturday or Sunday. It's like non-negotiable. And the whole intent of it is to build that self-trust and to callous the mind where they're like, wow, I showed up two days in a row, two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, did this thing. And that's what most people are missing is that inner rush where they literally can say to themselves, I'm a freaking badass. Like that's all I want people to feel because they trust themselves. They have the power. So what can you do in your routine that is going to be non-negotiable? Beautiful. Beautiful. I actually have a list of my non-negotiables. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Not by surprise. (laughs) Right. And so, so everybody start writing, I, you know, write that list, give us five non-negotiables. And if you want to email Derek, what's your email? Email is Derek at fitwithderek.com. Derek at fitwithderek.com. Perfect. Or you could send it both to us, Jen at jenrulon.com. And, uh, We will keep you guys accountable. Five non-negotiables. I think that's beautiful. Derek, thank you so much for jumping on the Everyday Healthy Human podcast. And y'all, if you are loving this podcast, please subscribe, make comments, share with your friends, do whatever you can to build up this Everyday Healthy Human podcast because uh, we just want to share everybody's Oh, what do you call it? Everybody's umph in life yes. because it's so important. Uh, so anyways, thanks again, Derek. Thank you for having me, Jen. And what we say in Costa Rica is Pura Vida. Pura Vida. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao. <laughs>